The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals being interviewed and do not necessarily represent those of the Greater Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce. You're listening to It's Happening in the Haven. I'm your host, Brianna Price. Each episode, I get the privilege to speak to the amazing people taking Winter Haven and its surrounding Central Florida area to the next level. We're future-focused, celebrating our entrepreneurial history and leveraging it for our bright future ahead. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of our sponsors who believe in advancing commerce and community here in Winter Haven. Hey, Winter Haven, it's Anna here. For the next several weeks, you'll be hearing me doing the interviews instead of our lovely host, Bree, while she's out on maternity leave. Hello, I'm Greg Littleton, President and CEO of Citizens Bank & Trust. As a family-owned community bank, the strong business model developed by our founders has remained solid for over a hundred years to work with customers who live and operate within our market. Our employees work closely with customers to get to know each one by name. We support local organizations that provide important programs and services for the betterment of our community. In addition, our team also gives back to local nonprofits by volunteering thousands of hours each year to a variety of organizations. If you're looking for a bank with people who treat you like family, consider you and your financial needs the number one priority, and most of all provide you stability and commitment for the long haul, then I invite you to stop by any of our conveniently located offices or visit us at citizens-bank.com to learn more. At Citizens Bank & Trust, we're proud to be your bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Hello, hello. Today we are joined by the City of Winter Haven's City Manager, T. Michael Stavris. We talk about his storied career at the City of Winter Haven, the transition from Deputy City Manager to City Manager, his side hustle as a musician with the duo Coastal Acoustic Barefoot Music, and more. Stay tuned. Well, welcome, T. Michael. Well, thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. I'm excited to talk to you. Outstanding. Let's let's get underway. Let's do it. Well, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and your relationship to Winter Haven. Certainly. So I have been in Winter Haven since 1978. My family moved here from a small town outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, so that my father, who was in the food and beverage industry, uh, took a job with a restaurant here in town that is no longer here. Um, But that brought me and two of my brothers and one sister to Winter Haven. We had one sister that was old enough to stay back, and she was in college at the time. So we uh, we came here in 1978 and have pretty much been here ever since. I was away for a short period of time through college and then just after, and then had a chance to come back to work with the city of Winter Haven in 2001. Wow. That's awesome. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a great, great hometown for us. How, how old were you when you moved down here? I was seven Going on eight when we moved here okay. and started right into school at Garden Grove Elementary. Awesome. So I am a I am a fine product of the Polk County Public School System. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's all that's exciting. Yeah. I too am a product mostly of Polk County Public Schools. <laughs> there was a little stint where I wasn't, but um do you remember anything about Pennsylvania beforehand? Was how what was the move like? Was it different? Were you excited? nervous yeah we were excited so we were coming from a a small town to another small town at the time 
don't know how big Winter Haven would have been about that time, but um, it was it was exciting to think that we were moving from uh, a small area, like I said, outside of Pittsburgh, where mm-hmm. you had you truly had four seasons, and, and winters could be cold. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I remember thinking when we were getting ready to move here. I had heard a description of our home and that it had orange trees and palm trees. And I kept having this vision that we were going to be living on the coast, <laughs> and, you know, this beachfront community. Um, and in, in its own way, it is the coast. It's the, the Chain of Lakes coast. Um, so it was really exciting to come to, to Florida and and just see a, a whole different you know part of the country entirely. Mm-hmm. So I, And I get back to, to Pennsylvania. Every once in a blue moon, mm-hmm. not as much anymore. I don't have as much family there as we did um, up until a few years ago. Uh, and it's always nice to go back and visit, but but this is home. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, I saw somewhere recently that you've been, you first started working at the city of Winter Haven. You just said 2001, but you have a prior experience that you started um, a job at the age of 15 with the city of Winter Haven. Is that correct? That is correct. So when we moved here... It wasn't long before we got here that the uh, the Southwest Complex, as it was known then, had just opened up, and mm-hmm. they had a the, the big pool and um, the gymnasium, the theater. Where we came from in Pennsylvania, we grew up in, in the parks. So my parents uh, were in the food and beverage industry, and they ran concessions at the public pool during the summer and at the skating rink during the winter. Oh, wow. So when we came to Florida... The opportunity to go to the pool, that was, you know, very familiar to us. So I spent a lot of time at the pool, and um, I was a springboard diver. I uh, started when I was young. No kidding. And, yeah, and then um, that just kind of blossomed into this was the place that I liked to be. So I uh, went through all the lifeguarding certifications and became a lifeguard for the city at, at 15 and uh, did that really all the way through college. Really? So, and, and a lot of the, the folks that I – did that with um, are still here local. Wow. Crazy story. Um, two of my my great friends from high school who we all lifeguarded together, uh, I their children now work for us. No kidding. In the same capacity. And it's it's kind of I don't know, it's kind of serendipitous and, and just fun in that sense. Like a full circle moment. Yeah, it really yeah. is. So I um and that's really where I, I kind of found an interest in, you know, this was something that I like to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was public recreation. I didn't realize it at 15, certainly, that that was something I could make a career out of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's what drove me into you know, my higher education studies and, and my career path early on. Yeah. So when did you kind of decide that you wanted to go into the public sector? So probably when I was in high school um, to see what what a parks and recreation director could do. Mm-hmm the things that you were involved in. I was uh, I was big in theater as well, and so that, that played into it. I was never much of an athlete outside of the pool, but um, everything that was happening at that facility made me really excited about, wow, this is something that, that I could pursue a career in. So I went to Polk State and did my AA degree there and took, took some classes that lent themselves to mm-hmm. the parks and recreation field and um, – Began doing a little more research on it and found I could you know, get my bachelor's degree in that, which I went to Florida State and did that. And then um, and met my wife, uh, who oh. was also uh, doing the same degree. Um, and that's what kind of launched my career into into public uh, the public sector. Uh, initially, uh, this is kind of the funny part, initially I was with the Villages. 
No kidding. So way, <laughs> very way different. Back when, in uh, 1992, um, the villages was a tiny little retirement community, and uh, went there as a recreation director and, and spent a few uh, about a year or so there, and then on to Orange County to work for uh, the board of county commissioners there, and then bounced around a few other places after that. Um, went back to school in the interim and, and did my master's degree again in recreation and just really fell in love with what we could do in the in the public sector, mm-hmm. uh, not just from the recreation side, but the land conservation side and the, the whole service aspect of what we do. That's awesome. So when you came to work for the city of Winter Haven in 2001, you were mostly in that recreation department, correct? Right. So I came to Winter Haven. For, I was, prior to that, I was in Temple Terrace over in Hillsborough County as the uh, Director of Parks and Recreation and um, a longtime friend of mine, Bob Sheffield, who was the the Parks and Recreation Director here in Winter Haven, had had just left his position and uh, it was an opportunity to kind of come back and and as cheesy as it sounds, it was like (laughs) I wanted to do what I was doing in the place that really raised me. Mm -hmm. So I came here in in 01 as the Director of Leisure Services. Okay. So what does that entail? So that had um, a lot of what it has today. Um, we didn't have as big of a special event aspect. But okay. It certainly still had the golf course, the library. Uh, we had spring training at the time, which was a great opportunity. And, and that's really those kind of aspects were what made it different from other positions. It yeah. wasn't just that it was home. It was, all right, here's a chance to go do what you're doing and add some additional uh, pieces to it that you haven't really cut your teeth on yet. So yeah. that was really, that was exciting at the time. Um, and it was, you know, up until we um, we stopped having spring training in 2008. Mm-hmm. So for seven years, it was, a, wow. it was a lot of fun, a lot of work, a lot of fun. <laughs> um, As most things are. Right, right. So, and we still have, you know, the library was, was built right as I was coming on board. We were, we started construction on that. And uh, of course, Willowbrook's still a part of us. And the, and the system has grown so much um, in the past 21 years. Mm-hmm. The parks that we've added, the programs, the, the downtown and how that's all been redone, the whole special events component is, has really made it um, just a, a great opportunity. And, and Julie Adams, who's the, the parks, and Direc- parks and Recreation Director today, is doing a phenomenal job with that. Before her, Travis Edwards, who Travis and I, you know, from the time I was 15, I worked with Travis. Oh, and wow. He did, a, he did a great job with it as well. So, um, it's in very capable hands now, and and it's fun to watch other people, yeah, you know, get it, get the same enjoyment from it that I did. Yeah, well, I'll I'll give a shout out to Julie because uh, we are Leadership Winter Haven Class Forty One alumni. She's wonderful. She's so fun. She does a great job. She does. Tremendous she made energy us- and passion, and the whole yes. the whole city team is that way though. I, I can yeah. honestly say that that it's a it is a great group of folks. I can honestly say I have not played um, rock, paper, scissors as much as I have in my adult life with Julie in my leadership class. I imagine it's the same for you guys. Yeah, she keeps us she keeps us smiling and laughing, yes, that's for sure. Yes. Awesome. Well, obviously you've worked your, your way kind of up in the city because um, in November of 2022, you were promoted to city manager after serving as our deputy city manager. Yes. Um, had a just a, you know, right place, right time. Um, had become assistant city manager in 2016 with Derek Fiacher, who was city manager at that time. And um, 
then after after he departed, served in that role in a in an interim for about eight or nine months per se, and then uh, had the very distinct pleasure of, of working alongside Mike Herr uh, as he came in as our city manager in June of 2017. Um, learned just so much from Mike, and he's been such a great mentor to me, and has taught me just so much about this industry and and what it means to be a just a, a good city manager about the morals and the ethics and and making the right decisions for the right reasons um and so when unfortunately when he he decided to uh take his talents to bartow he's he has always been somebody that loves a challenge and and is a is a true change agent and bartow felt that that's what they needed to carry their city forward um, he saw that as a is a challenge and an opportunity, and and when he announced his, uh, I guess, departure in uh, must have been late September, early October of twenty two, uh, I was blessed that the that the uh, city commission gave me their endorsement to be their their next city manager. So it's been it's been a uh, what five months now? Yeah, yeah, almost six. Yeah, almost six. That's crazy. How has that transition been for you? It is. Um, you know, it's it's interesting you ask that question because I tell people all the time, no matter how much you think you know about a position, mm-hmm. whether it's a new position outside your organization or, in, in this case, a position that is uh, the next rung up, you think you know the position, you think you know what it takes to do it and do it well, um, but every, every step higher on that ladder um, – it is always going to have significant challenge that you don't, I don't think you always recognize. Yeah. You think, hey, this would be great. I'd love to do that job. Mm-hmm. I know how to do that job. You know, you, you've got this kind of pride about yourself. And I can say that within the first week, it, it was apparent that there's a lot to learn. There's yeah. a lot to do. Um, and it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It, and I, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, I joke with my my team that I'm going to write a book at the end of my first year. <laughs> And it's, uh, I've got a couple different titles that uh, are kind of a play on words, uh, sarcastically, of course. Of but, course. Um, no, it's just every day is a challenge. Um, just even driving to the podcast today, there's a new challenge that's been presented to me. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's never boring. It's never the same thing. Um, but it's, it's, I equate it to running a marathon at a sprinter's pace right now. Yeah. And I think until until I've gone through the full year, until I have my team fully around me, because obviously my position that I vacated for this one uh, still remains vacant at this day. Um, so you know you don't have the the full. Uh, you're playing a man down. Yeah, you're yeah. playing a man down, <laughs> and it's and it's it's got its challenges. But um, I've got just a phenomenal group of directors and the entire staff from top to bottom. You really do. Are, are so committed to, mm-hmm. to making Winter Haven awesome. Yeah. Uh, honestly, yes, I agree with that. Everyone's super, super kind. And we're really fortunate to work really closely with you guys. And everyone's been the most helpful and just so responsive and, and welcoming and, and open and just helpful. Again, yeah, they're good people. They and are again, really good people. They wanted They want to make the right decisions for the right reasons and... Um, I, I tell them often that if I was starting a city today, how many of them that I would take with me to, yeah. to be a part of that, you know, initial organization anywhere. Cause they're that good. Yeah. Honestly, for real. 
And you guys have your work cut out for you for sure because Winter Haven is is growing so exponentially. I, I could be wrong, but I, I think I remember from State of the City, which was right before you took over, um, I want to say you had some statistic about like six people moved to Winter Haven each day. Right, right. So, and, and I just shared that with some, uh, with a group last week that the the growth is, it's, it's, it's here. It's crazy, I mean, yeah. It's, it's everywhere. And it's not just Winter Haven, it's Polk County as mm-hmm. a whole is, is just booming because people are, they're discovering who we are and what we are. We're equidistance between uh, Tampa and Orlando, yet we we still have this identity that makes us feel home. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and and so um, I think it was from 2021 to 2022, um, there was about six point so and so people that were moving here every single day. It was a growth of 2,000 people in that That's one crazy. year. That's crazy. And um, you know, we we still see it today. It's it's shifting a little bit. Okay. Um, and, and really, I think that um, we're seeing it more so in, in what we're building, not what we're building, the city, but the uh, the housing community, what mm-hmm. it's doing today. We're seeing some shifts in the diversity of that uh, mm-hmm. housing inventory. We're seeing a lot more multifamily apartments and, and um, living arrangements like that versus the single families mm-hmm. uh, permits that were dominating everything for many, many years. Yeah. So how do you plan for that future? Well, you you ha- you can't lose your identity. That's mm-hmm. the, I'm going to say that's the the most important thing for us is that we want to make sure that the services that we provide don't lose um, their value to the community, and and we maintain the Winter Haven uh, as we call it the exceptionally local identity. Um, we want to be a place where you know your neighbors, you know the people that are serving you. Uh, you know who to call when you need something, um, and and really you have to be mindful about that. So where we build infrastructure, whether that's utility infrastructure or roads or recreation facilities or public safety, you know, police and fire facilities, mm-hmm. um, we have to be smart and strategic about that, and we have to make sure that uh, we don't get so caught up in the growth that we forget who we are and who we're serving. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that I think that's the the gist of it. it yeah. it's, we try and be mindful of where the growth is happening. So right now, Southeast Winter Haven has an awful lot of growth that's occurring. Um, the Northeast area out, uh, State Road 544, Lucerne Park, uh, we're seeing a lot of growth in that neck of the woods. Um, and certainly the other piece of it is it's not just about our facilities and our infrastructure. Mm-hmm. It's about maintaining strong partnerships with the other folks that are involved with that. So uh, great relations with whether it's the Florida Department of Transportation, which mm-hmm. all of our main corridors, our state roads, uh, our partners at Polk County, because a lot of, again, roadways are part of the county system. Yes. It is partnerships with Southwest Florida Water Management District, because that's where our water is governed by. Um, it's the school system mm-hmm. and what Superintendent Hyde and the the uh, the school board are doing, so that we're in, in dialogue with them on route on a regular basis uh, to make sure that um, you know they're aware of what's happening here and they can do their planning as well. Uh, we look at it truly as a system, mm-hmm. and we don't do everything in the city. You know, there's certain pieces that you know we don't we don't build schools or or, or educate students, but we have a direct role in that at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So we have to maintain strong partnerships and uh, a strong sense of alignment with each other. Yeah, that's awesome. I know that's um, 
you, you talked about roads a lot and obviously the first street Cypress Gardens road construction has worked and I know that's a been a really big DOT project for a while so a lot of these pieces sometimes they take a while to develop so how how do you guys communicate that what what is important when it comes to making sure that everyone kind of knows what's going on well and you know you're right that so those road projects they do take a long time and um, as an example, the the improvements along Cypress Gardens Boulevard at U.S. Highway 17 and First Street, those are DOT projects um, that we're a part of. You know, we were at the table with them helping identify what the need is mm-hmm. and what some of the solutions may be. Um, but once that, you know, once they're funded through those agencies and they're running with them, our role is to, to help remove obstacles for them that, that we may be responsible for or that we can help navigate. And then also to try and um, further the messaging mm-hmm. to our residents. Uh, most people, they'll drive down a road. They don't know who's responsible for that road, <laughs> and, and they don't really care. What they care is if the traffic is moving in front of them or if for they're going to sure. be late for work or school or whatever they may be headed to. Um, so that's really you know the big piece of trying to educate uh, what is happening and, and who's who's leading the charge on it and where they can get the, the most accurate information. Yeah. And, and the DOT has been great to work with. The county as well, um, you know, a lot of the roads, uh, Thompson Nursery Road is a great example. That's a, a county road that uh, is, is under construction and it's one of its first segments right now. Mm-hmm. And if you're in Southeast Winter Haven, you drive by and you see that road under construction, you don't know who to call, so mm-hmm. we got we have to make sure that we're up to speed and educated on it as well, mm-hmm. so that we're not just passing the buck and yeah. not saying it's not ours. Go call the county. We want to make sure that we can help them be successful in that project, and if we can answer questions and and provide reassurances for our citizens, then that's what we're going to do. Awesome. I feel like this is a good segue to talk about the new app that the city of Winter Haven has. The, uh, the Access app. Access Winter Haven. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that project? How long has it been in the works? What does it do? So it's been in the works for a while, and a lot of cities have these. Um, it's actually through a, a provider uh, called C-Click-Fix, and I have to give a lot of credit to that rollout to our director of communications and public affairs, Katrina Hill, mm-hmm. um, another outstanding, amazing uh, player on the team as well as MJ Carnavale, who's mm-hmm. our public works director. And most people know Katrina and MJ. Um, what what it really started as, this is kind of interesting. So it started out of a necessity that we had within our solid waste operations where we, you know, during the pandemic, trying to hire in uh, solid waste operators was a real challenge for mm-hmm. us. And we we started looking at, well, what do we pick up? And so you have garbage, you, your household garbage, you have your recycling, you have your brush and debris, and then you have junk. Mm-hmm. So appliances, mattresses, that type of stuff. And we have a, a routine schedule for all those things. And we were starting to fall behind on the junk collection. Um, we were also hit with uh, a couple hurricanes in yes. there, which compounds that. For sure. And, and, you know, you had more people that were at home during the pandemic, and it seemed like everybody was renovating their house <laughs> or cleaning out their closets. And so we needed to make a shift in how we processed the calls for service on the uh, the junk collection. So we started looking at different opportunities, and we came across this, this program through C-Click Fix and first launched it uh, several months back now as a way for residents to 
put in a request for junk collection. So rather okay. than just running garbage trucks up and down every road and looking for junk to pick up, yeah. we did it on a scheduled basis. And as we were exploring that, certainly the, the opportunity to do more with it, which we always knew was there, but um, it, it just blossomed from there. So now through the Access Winter Haven app, which you can get for your iPhone or your Android, whatever device you're using, it has a function where if you see something in the community that needs repaired, you can snap a picture of it. So it's a maybe it's a street sign that's down. Maybe it's a uh, pothole. Maybe it's uh, a water break or anything that is part of our system. The resident can take a picture of it with their phone. It will geolocate where that is and actually place it on a map. And you can also just give it an address. You... Um, offer up some comments about what you're observing. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a there's a water leak on First Street and um, you give it your your contact information if you if you don't have to, but that gives us a chance to follow back up with you. And once you you hit the send or the you know submit the notification, instead of it going through three or four different people to get to the right person, it's all pre-programmed so it goes right to the division or department that's responsible for it oh, wow. and they get a work order yeah and they can jump on it right then you get a notification back that it's been received you get a notification when it's been repaired that's awesome um, and it's it's been really great we had when we first launched it a few months ago now um, i remember one of the first calls that we got was for an irrigation system that was running and it was at one of our parks and they had submitted the uh the notice in the morning and by the afternoon, it was repaired, wow. and that that citizen was followed back up with instantly. And it was, it was like this great success of this is what efficiency looks like. Yeah. Now I'll tell you from a, a personal standpoint, the I'm one that I I walk all of downtown, I drive through our communities, and and I'm the worst person to ever be in the car with because I'm constantly looking for what's wrong. <laughs> is there something that's not right? And yeah. so I would. A lot of times I'd just pick up the phone and I'd call the streets guys or I'd call the parks or call utilities and tell them what it was. Or I would take a picture of it and send an email. Yeah. Well, now I have this app. Yeah. So it's made my life a lot easier as well. <laughs> um, and I'm an avid user. I was going to say, are you the top user? Can I they tell that? <laughs> I don't think I'm the top user. But but it is nice to think that because I know how busy our staff is. Mm-hmm. And if I call a city manager, if I call the, the streets guys and say, Hey, there's a street sign down. You know, I don't want them to drop everything they're doing to go fix that one sign. Yeah. They need to be able to triage that and prioritize it accordingly. And now, because it's coming to them as a work order, they can do that more efficiently and assign the work and things are getting done. That's awesome. So it's it's been a it's been a great success. Um, I don't know how many people are, are on the app now, mm-hmm. um, but I would encourage anybody that if you're in Winter Haven and you you see things that frustrate you or you're you know, that just don't seem right, that download this app and use it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's definitely exciting and something that helps bring us to the, the 21st century and Absolutely. digitization and different things like that. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. The Low Payment Kings of the Mahalik Auto Group are very proud and excited to be sponsoring another season of the Winter Haven Chamber podcast. Hi, it's Ralph Mahalik Jr., the Low Payment King. I just want to remind everybody that uh, the Low Payment Kings are four stores here in Polk County. Alfa Romeo Fiat of Winter Haven, Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Winter Haven, Lake Wales Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, 
and Pazer Park, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat. And we look forward to serving you and saving you more here in 2023. We have 1,700 vehicles in stock and incoming, so we can get you satisfied today or in the near future. We're very proud of our five-star team and all the clients that we've satisfied in 2022 and over the last 57 years with the Lopin McKings Mahalik Auto Group. We look forward to satisfying you soon, too, in all departments. New and used vehicle sales, service, parts, maintenance, recalls, body shop, collision center, and a whole lot more. We're proud of all the community work we do with various charities and community events throughout Polk County. And the Low Payment Kings are very proud to be part of the fastest growing county in the state of Florida, that's Polk County. When you have time, please like us on all our social media pages and check out lowpaymentkings.com where you can get pre-approved for your car, truck, van, or SUV, schedule a service appointment, look at our career opportunities at all of our stores, and even get pre-approved for your loan or lease. Again, visit lowpaymentkings.com, call us toll-free soon, and like us on all our social media. God bless you and your family, and I wish you everyone the best of luck in 2023. Um, and as you continue on in your first year, I mean, do you have any goals for the city of Winter Haven with your position in particular? What What are you working towards? So I made it through six months. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I, I say that jokingly. Um yeah, so we we do have we have goals and we have um, things that we want to work on. So, I mentioned that issue of, of maintaining our identity, mm-hmm. you know, not losing who we are as a community, who we have, who we've become yeah. over over all the growth and development that continues to make us an attractive place for people to want to live and, mm-hmm. and bring their businesses here. So, you know, really trying to get our arms around what are we doing. Why are we doing it? Is it the are they the right things to do? And early on into this role, one of the the things that I I felt was needed was we needed more input from the community on how are we doing. Mm-hmm. So we do things day in day out, and when the commission and it's a fantastic city commission who you know again right decisions for the right reasons. Um, they're very engaged. They they go about their business as a commission, but rarely do we get the direct feedback from the community mm-hmm. to say, we like this, we don't like this. So if you're running a business and you're not asking your customers for that feedback, yeah. you're kind of guessing. Mm-hmm. Um, so with the help, of, again, of Katrina Hill and, and a number of our, our department directors, we put together some focus groups to talk about what is it that we do? How, mm-hmm. do, we, how do we compartmentalize all the services that the city provides into, for lack of a better word, some buckets that people can understand. And so we had, I think, three different focus groups that we utilized along with city staff, and we put all of our work into, we, we categorized it into um, these six different buckets. And I'm going to share with you um, what, what we did. So if you take any city service it will fall in with one of these areas. So the first one is quality of life. Mm-hmm. And quality of life, so is that parks? Is that, what is that? Well, it, it, it's so much more than just the, the things that make, um, make you feel at home, like a park and recreation facility or, or something like that. Or the things that are fun, yeah. Right, so it's quality of life. It's access to clean water. Mm-hmm. It's the mobility opportunities that you have. It's opportunities for uh, cultural activities. Uh, the aesthetic features of a community yeah. are part of your quality of life. Um, the overall sense of community and belonging. 
So this inclusionary mm-hmm. aspect um, and, and really about embracing and celebrating all the diversity that we have. For sure. Uh, then we get into community safety. So again, most people would say, well, community safety, well, that's police and fire. Well, yes, it is, but it's also maintaining order in the community. It's emergency response Mm -hmm. in relation to hurricanes or natural disasters. It's accident and crime prevention, not Mm -hmm. just how quick the police officers get there, but what are we doing on the front end to deter some of those issues? It's safety education. It's protecting our employees and our workers as well. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of folks that are in high-risk positions, not just in police and fire, but out on the streets and the and the water systems, the wastewater systems. So all that really talks to the community safety aspect. Then we get into infrastructure. So that's roads, bridges, sidewalks, parks, uh, water and sewer systems, all of our public buildings, um, broadband fiber. Mm-hmm. You know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, we weren't really talking a whole lot about that type of stuff. Not at all. Now that's huge. Um, it's lighting. Lighting yeah. in your community is part of our infrastructure. The um, fourth one is responsible government. So, again, how the commission functions and, and what they're doing, but it's responsible budgeting and financial stewardship, uh, re- our responsiveness to citizen concerns and needs. Again, mm-hmm. Access Winter Haven, great yeah. example of that. That's responsive government. It is being fair and impartial, it's about transparency and accountability efficiency and innovation, finding different ways to do things and do it more efficiently. Uh, Community partnerships. Mm -hmm. I talked about partnerships with the school board and DOT and the county and uh, SWIFMUD. It's also partnerships with Polk State College, Mm -hmm. with the Chamber of Commerce, with Winter Haven EDC, with Main Street Winter Haven, with Heart for Winter Haven. So Mm -hmm. many different people that it takes to make this really work at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, collaboration is key. The fifth area is environmental stewardship. So most people would say environmental stewardship in Winter Haven, that's about the lakes, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it is about the lakes because that is a, an amazing resource that we have. But it's about meeting the needs, um, meeting our present needs without sacrificing things for our future generation. Mm-hmm. So you asked about growth. Yeah. So the decisions you make about growth can't just be, well, how do we solve the problem today? Yeah. That does nothing if you haven't contemplated what's the impact in the next 10, 20, 50 years. So those decisions have to be done from an environmental stewardship standpoint. For sure. It's waste management. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's our environment. What are we doing with garbage and recycling and and how do we how do we process that? Um, our land use planning, and then also incorporating sustainable practices. So one of the things that we're pretty excited about, we just put in the the new electric vehicle chargers. Downtown. Oh yeah! So that's part of that concept. So when we build new facilities, what are we doing to uh, capture solar power? To have EV stations for electric vehicles? To um, use sustainable resources in the construction mm-hmm. of those? And then the last one is about economic stability. And this is really about improving the efficiency and effectiveness and quality of the, the economy here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about working with the businesses to make sure that they're successful, working with Bruce and, and the folks at the EDC to, to bring new business to town. Um, it's about the strength of the job market and the workforce. So where can we partner and collaborate to expand that so that if you're looking to put your business here not only do we have the, 
the infrastructure resources, but we also have the workforce resources for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, how we invest in our community, and then how do we? Su- you'll love this. How do we support local and small business? Yeah, you know what the city has a role in that as well. For sure. Um, and then the last piece of that is is the housing diversity. Mm-hmm. So making sure that we have all spectrums of housing accounted for, whether it's single family or it's multifamily, whether it's affordable or workforce housing, mm-hmm. you know, what are the opportunities that, that we have to make sure that we can house the population based upon what their needs and desires are? So we create these six pillars is what we've defined them as. I say buckets, but in our lingo, it's, they're really the, the foundational pillars of what we do. Uh, and we are beginning the process of surveying the community on that. Awesome. So we're using a third-party vendor that will uh, do a statistically valid survey throughout the year for us and ask for feedback on those categories. So at the end of the year, we get a scorecard that says, in these six areas, here's where you got an A, here's where you got a B, a C. Hopefully we don't get anything you know, Below C or that. that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that gives us some idea of, one, what is um, what do we need to do to further educate on what those those aspects are? What do we need to do to improve in those areas? What does the commission need to know when they're allocating financial resources? Mm-hmm. So let's say that in in the next year we get our scorecard back and we're doing great in uh, quality of life and infrastructure and responsible government, environmental stewardship, but we're not doing as good in, say, community safety. Mm-hmm. Well, that gives us some guidance to reallocate or further examine what our investments are in that area yeah. and strengthen those. So this is a kind of a new process for Winter Haven. Um, we've just embarked on it, and the, the surveying is getting underway now. Uh, we'll get a I think we get our first checkpointed about six months, so late, you know, early fall, and then another one just after the first of the year in 2024. Wow. And I'll use that to uh, pull the commission together and the leadership team and do mm-hmm. a strategic planning retreat based around that feedback. Awesome. And that really sets the goals going forward. So we, we all agree that those are the areas of key focus. Now let's see, how, one, how are we doing in them? Yeah. What is the community feedback? And it's not just what is their perception because the community's perception is the reality. Mm-hmm. And then how do we use that to bolster our decisions going forward? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So. For the, the survey, do do they reach out to people or is there some way that they can people so can participate? We are using a, a company we've used for a number of years that helps us monitor uh, social media Okay. called Zen City. Oh, cool. And Zen City will actually facilitate that whole process for awesome. us. Awesome. And they make sure that you know the the data represents the geographic area of the community, the diversity of the community, so it it becomes much more valid at That's the end awesome. of the day. If we were to do it, you know, it's always, hey, I'm from the government. I have a few questions to ask. <laughs> mm. The last people, yeah. last thing people want to do. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, before I move on from work, because obviously you are our city manager, but you're so much more than just our city manager. I do just want to ask, what is your favorite part about working in the public sector and in the city? I think just making a dif- excuse me, making a difference um, within the community. You know, you get to see and hear what the issues are and be a part of the decision making that that brings resolution to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think being, as I said many times now, being able to implement things that that help us maintain our identity, but be a part of a solution and be at the table with 
so many knowledgeable people in tackling the real everyday issues is that that's that's very joyful. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad that you're in that position to to make those decisions and and have fun while you're doing it. <laughs> For it's, the most part, it's fun most of the time. <laughs> For the most part, awesome. Well, I know that outside of your role in city government, you are extremely active in our community and have been for a lot of years. Um, you've been involved in Cypress Junction Montessori, Winter Haven Pep, Girls Inc., the Polk State Alumni Association. Why? I mean, you obviously do so much for the community in your work. Why is it so important to you to do those kinds of things outside of your job as well? I think within Winter Haven, within anywhere for that matter, it's about relationships mm -hmm. and it's about collaboration and partnerships. Mm -hmm. And that's just another way to, to strengthen that. Um, if all we do is the job and we don't get involved in other things, I think we're falling short. Mm -hmm. And these are all things that I'm, I've got a passion for. Obviously, Polk State is near and dear to my heart. That's <laughs> where I, you know, my first degree came from. Um, the work that, that Peggy Threlko and her team do at Girls Inc. is incredible uh, and so needed within our community. Uh, all of those agencies that are tied to education. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a teacher. I'm not part of the school system. But... I understand that a, a well-educated community is great for the community as a whole. So mm -hmm. I can't do, you know, I can't go teach, but what can I do to be, you know, an advocate and a supporter for those types of agencies? And um, again, that's, I think, in Winter Haven, the unique thing is that people are all about relationships yeah. and they want to be, they want to help solve the problems, even if they're not, you know, the first thing on their list at their job, but mm -hmm. they see a need and, and I'm certainly of that same fabric, um, you know, there's, there's tremendous opportunities for people to get involved here. And, and this is just another way for me to do the same. Well, I also have to talk about the fact that you are in a band. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about that? How long have you been playing, singing, doing all that stuff? So I have been in music since, oh gosh, a long time, um, <laughs> you know, through through school and through the theater, you just develop a love for music, and mm -hmm. um, it's it's just it's 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 my release. It's my musical therapy, I call it. So I have been uh, doing what I'm doing now, uh, probably since about 2004. Uh, Duke oh, Burr, wow. I have to mention Duke. So of Duke course, is is the other half of this uh, this musical the duo. Uh, journey. <laughs> and Duke and I were just talking that uh, next year marks 20 years that we've been doing this together, which is just so cool to think about. And, That's incredible. Um, Congratulations. Did, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. And um, it's meaningful work. It, it is work, but it's, it's joy and it's, uh, it's exciting. We have used it as a means to advocate for the, uh, the partnerships and the community organizations that we have. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, most people know that we we donate all of our tips back to local not-for-profits, and that you know I tell people that, and they just kind of you know raise an eyebrow and think, okay, well that's awful kind of you, not really knowing what it is. But <laughs> we have we don't have a uh, we don't have a formal calculation on this, but our estimate, and we try and do this every year, um, our estimate is somewhere around eighty thousand dollars wow. that has gone to local nonprofits. That's through, amazing through that musical side of things. So last year we did. 
the recipient of all of our proceeds was Meals on Wheels. Amazing. Um, this year, it is the Humane Society of Polk County. Mm-hmm. And we've done Cypress Junction Montessori. We've done Theater Winter Haven, Girls, Inc., uh, PEP. Um, we've, we've sponsored instruments for a number of schools and band programs. Um, and it's, again, it's, like I said, it's that time when you can just kind of shut off the rest of the world and mm-hmm. go perform. And even at the end of that, you're, you're able to give something back. So yeah. Duke has been um, a dear, dear friend and partner and all that and, and shares the same mindset. And uh, I, I, the other thing I, I want to say about that, um, I just had this conversation with somebody last week. You know, Winter Haven, part of what makes this community so special, this is by far and I, I say that without any reservation, the most philanthropic and committed community I have ever been a part of, mm-hmm. ever gone to, that when we make that announcement of what we're doing with, with monies raised, uh, the people that give and contribute to that is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, to think $80,000 is, you know, that's not chump change. No, not at all. And, um, you know, it's not unusual for someone to come up and say, here's $100 to put towards the cause or here's $500 to put towards the cause. That's amazing. Um, I, you know, We play music all around, and I've never found another community where the people are so giving, not just of their financial resources, but, you know, they're appreciative of, of local musicians, yeah. which is great because we've got some incredible musicians here mm-hmm. in Winter Haven. You know, we say downtown is our stage really – the entire community is our stage, and um, that just that giving spirit, that philanthropic spirit of Winter Haven is um, something I hope we never lose. Yeah. Well, you guys are awesome. Well, thank you. Yes, I had the pleasure of hearing you at our Taste of Winter Haven event last year, and y'all just bring the house down. A lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> we hope to have you guys back at some point. Some days we sound better than others. but yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> Listen, I did theater too, and some performances are right on the par, and others you go back home later and you're like, ugh, yeah, what I happened? Hope, <laughs> I, hope, I hope nobody recorded that. <laughs> right? <laughs> this was the worst one. Right. Oh, man. That's super awesome. I don't think I realized about the, the tips and how you guys donate. That's yeah, amazing. And, and I give a shout-out, a um, little promotion of the folks that help us with this. So, uh, Darren Stoltz and mm-hmm. Bagley BP. Um, over the past two years, you know, we sell shirts and merchandise when we play, and every penny of that goes back into that nonprofit giving. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's made possible because of Darren and his company uh, said, we like what you're doing and we want to be a part of that. We're going to give you all this product for free wow. and put all the proceeds back into what you're doing. That's amazing. Um, so when you can, you know, when you have people that step up like that, it's, again, that's what this exceptionally local community does. That's amazing. Now, is this something that you'll you'll take into retirement with you farther I, down I the road? I hope I never stop. <laughs> I hope I never stop. So yeah. as long as the fingers hold up and, and the vocal cords and, and people are, <laughs> are still interested in listening, then I'll keep doing it. And if you guys don't know, they're called Barefoot Acoustic. Yes. Coastal Acoustic Barefoot Music. Yes. 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 Longest. Uh, the longest title. <laughs> I hear that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, though. I love it, though. Someone once asked me, how do you describe what it is that you play? I said, well, it's coastal acoustic barefoot music. I mean, yeah. that's what it is. It, it's true. It is so. a very good way to describe it. And you guys have been doing this for 20 years? 
20 years in 2024. Yeah. That's amazing. So uh, hopefully we've got at least 20 more in us. <laughs> now, what else do you like to do outside of work? You said that you, you dived. I was a springboard diver in high school. Um, you know, I don't do much else outside of work. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. The, between the working with the different nonprofits um, on their boards or in whatever capacity, the music, I've got an incredible family. Uh, yeah. got a 12-year-old daughter. That's um, awesome. That I, I, me and my wife are just so blessed uh, to late in our lives to have a daughter and um she keeps she keeps me pretty busy yeah um but you know just kind of getting out and enjoying the community i don't really have you know i'm not a golfer <laughs> the guys i just played golf I was gonna with say, would tell you 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 played like a lot of rounds of golf in the last couple of weeks yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not it's not doing much for my game um <laughs> but i think you know most of what i get involved with are, are those fundraisers that you know, the other agencies are doing, whether yeah. it's the chamber golf tournament or it's, you know, a shooting event for the public education foundation or, you know, whatever, whatever's happening. This job is a, it's a 24 seven job. So, you know, you yeah. get an opportunity to, to participate in a lot of those things, but it just becomes part of your life. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, that's part of the fun of it. I mean, that's the fun side of getting to do some of that stuff. It, mm -hmm. it certainly offsets the challenges. For sure. Now, what advice do you have for anyone who is looking to get into the public sector or public service? Great question. I told I you I was going to throw you in the I could, I could be really sarcastic and say, make sure you save a lot of money before you do it. <laughs> um, you know, I, you've got to have a servant's heart to do this. It's You're never going to make a ton of money doing it, and that's not what it's about. Mm -hmm. you, but. You know, you've got to have a, a this intrinsic value in helping other people and making things better by being a part of it. Um, if that's what your passion is, if you want to be uh, involved in addressing social issues and, and community issues, this there's no better place. Yeah. And I think that if somebody wants to, to get involved, don't let, you know— a perception that oh this is all politics and this is all bureaucratic government that is so not the case you know it is so much more than those things could yeah. ever be so isn't um, dc it's winter no, haven right right it, it's the it's the government that's closest to the people mm -hmm. you know you're going to walk through Publix and someone's going to ask you about a pothole yeah I mean, that's how it goes but if you have that sense of you know you 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 enjoy being a part of those things even if you come from a different walk of life, if you were in a different profession, don't you know? Let that be a reason not to try this mm -hmm. and get involved. I think about the people that are part of our organization today that did not come from public administration or mm -hmm. government or political science or any of those types of fields. Um, you know, I look at you know again. Katrina Hill came from the the public relations public relations and marketing community, mm -hmm. and has found a home within local government. Um, Amanda Joe, yeah, you know, who who works out of my office, uh, came from the chamber. Yes, you know? so um, and so many others. I mean, there's there's a, a number of folks that didn't start in this line of work, but found that you know great satisfaction in being part of the. Um, the process to solve issues and and implement changes where they need to be, and that to me is is really exciting. That's mm -hmm. that brings innovation and efficiencies and new ideas to the table. Um, so I would say that if somebody was was interested in seeing things done differently or wanted to be a part of it, don't let your 
lack of direct experience, you know, dissuade you from being a part of it. Um, there's there's opportunities for so many people to to be a part of this uh, this organization and and what we have going on. Well, thank you so much for being with thank us you. today. This has been a pleasure. Well, I, I'm I'm grateful to do it. You know, my story's not that exciting. Oh, um, come on. No, it's 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 really not. In all honesty, the people that that do this every day for the city, the we've got 625 budgeted positions there about for the city whether they're firefighters, police officers, code compliance, solid waste, utility workers, you know, librarians, whatever it is, they, it is some of the most amazing people with much more interesting stories than <laughs> I have. They, the, the cool thing for me is that I get to be um, part of the organization and have some influence on what we're doing and uh, certainly be an open ear to our constituents and our citizens. Well, again, thank you so much thank for you. being here. We are so excited to see how the next six months go for you and, and beyond for sure. And obviously, if there's anything we can do to help. I'll, I'll come back in six months. I may be a little more tired. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I we'll just do a check-in. We'll do a check-in. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, thank you. We'd like to welcome and thank Advent Health for sponsoring Season 7 of our podcast. Hi, my name is Dr. Paul Williams. I'm a physician with Advent Health. I treat patients with a variety of breast disorders and offer screening services for those without breast problems. At Advent Health Medical Group Mammography at Davenport, patient care is our top priority. That's why our office now offers a new mammography experience using 3D Genius Mammography Exam and the Brevera Breast Biopsy System. They offer earlier detection and a faster, less invasive process to complete mammograms and breast biopsies. For more information or to schedule an appointment, please call 863-421-7276. Thank you again to our lovely city manager, T. Michael Stavris, for joining us on today's episode. Be sure to tune in every week to It's Happening in the Haven, available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. To learn more about Winter Haven and the Chamber, visit winterhavenchamber.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We hope you've learned a little bit about our community today and even more about the people who are shaping its future. After all, no true community exists without the people who form it. Winter Haven. Some call it a haven. We call it home.